Oh, yes, all aboard. It's the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. This is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, where we bring you everything from high school sports, NCAA, NFL, NBA, HBCU. It's the train that is building up ahead of steam. So grab your tickets, get on board, enjoy the ride. Let this train take you on a sports journey. It's the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. Let's get this train on the track. I'm Nick. And I'm Adam. And we're cheering from the cheap seats, and you're listening to the A-Train Sports Podcast. Whoop, whoop! Welcome to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. This is your HBCU Black College Football Report. And we have the HBCU Football Top 5 Power Rankings Week Week 6 pitted the top-ranked JSU defense versus the top-ranked Alabama A&M offense in a SWAC showdown. A pair of top five teams had a bye week, had bye weeks, and the new squad jumped into the rankings. Number 1, Jackson State University. Deion Sanders and his top-ranked Jackson State Tigers 4-1, 2-0 in the SWAC. Routed the Alabama AM Bulldogs 3 and 2, 1 and 2 in SWAC in a 61 15 effort. JSU cruised to his lopsided victory off a strong performance by quarterback Shadura Sanders. Five touchdowns, four passing, one rushing. New Orleans native wide receiver Warren Newman, one TD, and running back Santee Marshall, 12 carries, 123 yards. Two touchdowns were equally impressive in the decisive win. The Tigers' defense destroyed the Bulldogs' offensive line and sacked Akil Glass eight times on the afternoon. Aubrey Miller and James Houston led the offense. A&M's Akil Glass finished the contest passing 26 of 40, 293 yards, two TDs, and a 143.0 quarterback efficiency rating. Up next for the Tigers... Up next for the Tigers will host the Alabama State Hornets for homecoming at 2 p.m. on October the 16th. Number two, Prairie View A&M. They had a bye week. The Panthers will visit Bethune-Cookman at 2 p.m. Central Time on Saturday, October the 16th. Number three, North Carolina A&T. The Aggies had to hold off North Alabama to win its seventh straight home game, 38-34. Statistical leaders, Jalen Flower, Fowler, 14 of 20, 234 yards, 3 TDs, 1 interception, 6 rushing attempts for 20 yards. Running back Jermaine Martin, 19 rushes, 75 yards. Running back 
Bashuel Tootin, six carries, six yards, one TD, one reception, 60 yards, one TD. Running back, Kashawn Baker, six carries, 51 yards, one TD. Linebacker, Jacob Roberts, 12 tackles, three unassisted, one tackle for loss. NC State, NCANT will play at Kennesaw State at 5 p.m. on October the 16th. The broadcast will be on ESPN Plus slash NextStar. Number four, Norfolk State had a bye week. The Spartans 3-2-0 in the MEAC are set to host Virginia Uni- Virginia University of Lynchburg 0-6 at Norfolk at 2 p.m. on October the 16th. Number five, Alcorn State. Alcorn had a purple out homecoming victory over Gremlin in Lorman, Mississippi. Quarterback Felix Harper, 15 completions for 150. Two TDs, one interception. Helped the Braves defeat the Tigers 24-20. Running back Nico Duffy led Alcorn's 241-yard rushing attack with 20 carries for 142 yards. Grambling State University freshman quarterback had a rough outing, passing 10 to 27 for 105 yards, one TD, one interception in the Tigers' defeat. Alcorn State, 3-2, and 2-0 in the swipe, will travel to face in-state swipe rival Mississippi Valley State, 2-3, 1-1 in the swipe with the kickoff at 3 p.m. Central Time on October the 16th. HBCU Conference standings after week 6. HBCU teams after week 6 of action in the FCS. In the MEAC, Howard 2-4, 1-0. Number 2, Norfolk State 3-2. Number 4, North Carolina Central 2-4. Number 5, South Carolina State. One and three, Morgan State, 0 and five, number six. In the SWAC, in the East Division, Jackson State, four and one, two and one in conference. Number two, Alabama State, three and two, two and one in conference. Number three, Florida A and M, three and two, one and one in conference. Number four, Mississippi Valley State, two and three, one and one in conference. Number five, Alabama A&M, 3-1, 1 in conference. And between Cookman, 0-6, 0-3 in conference. In the West Division, Prairie View A&M, 4-1, 3-0 in conference. Alcorn State, 3-2, 2-0 in conference. Southern, 2-3, 1-1 in conference. Grambling State, 2-4, 1-2 in conference. And number six, Arkansas Pine Bluff, 1-4, 0-3 in conference. So there is your HBCU Black College Football Report on the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. This is your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. I will be back with more after this. Stay tuned. It's the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Anthony Smith here with A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your conductor. Just want to let you know that this podcast is listener supported. That's right, driven by you, the listener who wants to support. So click on that support button down there. You have three options: ninety-nine cents a month, four ninety-nine a month, or nine ninety-nine a month. We'll get your ad rent on this podcast. So click the support button. Your support will be greatly appreciated. Once again, Anthony Smith with the A Train Sports Talk Podcast.
Welcome back to the A Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your host and your conductor, Anthony Smith. A lot going on, a lot to get to. A lot of news in college football. We do have the top 25, and we also have scores. But we are going to get to some news because we're looking at possible hot seats, possible quarterback battles. So we're going to give you the top headlines today, or at least a couple of them, or at least one, if not two. There is a battle brewing on the plane. Right about now, you probably can figure out where I'm going with this. In the words of the old songwriter that says, Oklahoma, where the winds come sweeping down the plane. So Lincoln Raleigh has something to say on OU's quarterback battle. He says, we'll see how it goes. That's right. There appears to be a quarterback battle brewing on the plains in Norman, Oklahoma. The much-hyped Spencer Rattler, when he came in, and now the incoming freshman who saved them in the game against Texas, Caleb Williams. And evidently there are some experts that want to weigh in on this topic. So let's just get right to what they are saying. I'm going to say he is 99% done, given that I I didn't – look, did everybody know that this Caleb dude was good? Is that a thing people do? Because I was not aware that they had a quarterback who was better than the quarterback who's supposed to be the best quarterback in the country. That was a thing that was very surprising to me, Caleb Williams existing and doing this in general. So I'm going to go 99%. I'll give a quick 75 to leave space for the unforeseen and then get out of the way for Gojo because he knows college football in a way that I don't. Then I'm going to follow up after him and say all the things that he said (laughs) in a different way. Go for it, Mike. God, this is so me talking about Major League Baseball on radio anytime it comes up. We just wait for Buster only to say or write something and then just kind of tweak it a little bit and make it into my own opinion here. Uh, Pablo, to answer your question, yes, people knew Caleb Williams as a thing, so much so that Oklahoma fans for the last few weeks have been chanting his name from the crowd, wanting to oust Spencer Rattler during these games that have been far too close for Oklahoma fans' taste. Um, I would go 50-50 on this. I'm truly not sure where it is. He's a little better of a natural runner than Spencer Rattler, which – They need because really the big story about this Oklahoma team is they can't block people like they're used to. And so they need a quarterback who's going to bail them out of a little more stuff here. So I would say there's probably a 50-50 shot here. I would say based on what you saw in that game, it's going to be hard to go away from Caleb Williams, especially as that noise mounts from the outside.
So there you have it. The panel of experts think that Spencer Rattler is done and that Caleb Williams, and I like the analogy, he says they need a, since they don't have a line, that they need a quarterback that is very mobile and can run and bail them out. There was a Monday night football game on last night with a quarterback that has those same similarities. He has a nice strong arm, but he has some hella wheels on him. Now, I was listening to a radio talk show on my way home, and they tend to think that Spencer Rattler is going pro after this year. With the way he has been struggling and the games have been too close for OU fans liking. If Caleb Williams is the one they decide to go with the remaining the remainder of the year. Can you say TP? And I'm not talking about coming out to your front yard and seeing toilet paper all over your trees and all over your yard. I'm talking about the very popular transfer portal. That's my take. It worked for Jalen Williams when he transferred from Alabama to OU. So where would Spencer Rattler go would be the next question. There are pretty sure there are pretty there are plenty of high profile schools that would accept a Spencer Rattler that may need a quarterback. But Spencer Rattler going to the NFL, in my estimation, I don't see that happening. Some had him going number one overall. I definitely don't see that happening. Anyway, Oklahoma coach Lincoln Riley said Tuesday that he does not plan on naming a starting quarterback for Saturday's game against TCU. Days after freshman Caleb Williams replaced Spencer Rattler and led the Sooners to a comeback win over Texas. We'll see how it goes Saturday, Riley said. After two turnovers early, Rattler was replaced by Williams, whose 300 yards of total offense were the most ever by a true freshman against Texas as he rallied the Sooners to a 55-48 win in the Red River Showdown. I still don't like that name, Showdown. Because everybody has to be so politically correct. I'm going to call it what it used to be. The Red River Shootout. With a score of 55 to 48, that wasn't a showdown. That was a shootout. It was the latest in a building controversy as OU's offense has struggled. During a 16-13 win over West Virginia on September 26th, Oklahoma students booed Rattler after an interception and chanted, We want Caleb. Fans pay for their tickets, Rattler told ESPN in a college game of the interview. At that time, we weren't moving the ball like we wanted to. That showed. Rattler was not at practice on Monday, but Riley said he had given him the day off. Rattler returned to practice Tuesday, and Riley said he would not anticipate a situation where one of the players left the team. There's never any guarantees, Riley said. You can't predict the future, but I would anticipate having both of those guys the rest of the season. Riley said he doesn't like does not like rotating quarterbacks in the game, citing a challenging a challenge in the rhythm of the game or having to deal with different sets of game plans. 
but he stressed that having both quarterbacks as an option is not a negative for him. I think it's a heck of a lot more of a problem for me if I'm picking between two guys that I feel aren't ready, he said. I'm picking between two really good choices that I think can both go play extremely well and have played extremely well. Riley defended Rattler among social media speculation that he was selfish. I mean, that couldn't be farther from the truth, Riley said. And as a coach, you don't put a guy in there if you're worried that he's selfish and he's not mentally locked in. He's not ready to help. He's not ready to help the team. He again reiterated that Rattler went back in for the two-point conversion play that tied the score at 41-41 after being benched, which he called Saturday and again today, the single most important play of the game. I don't know that in one answer I could give you a synopsis of this guy, who he is with this team, who he, who is behind closed doors. What he's going through is not easy. He's been a tremendous teammate the entire way, though, true, Riley said. He's not perfect. He's learning. He's growing. He's made mistakes like all of us do at that age. But, but if we've seen his worst, he's going to be okay. He's a heck of a kid. He's a really good player. He got a lot of big days and bright days ahead of him. Still sticking with OU, looking at the recruiting trail. Gabriel Brownlow Dendy, number five college football recruit in ESPN 300 rankings, commits to the Oklahoma Sooners. Five-star defensive lineman Gabriel Brownlow Dendy, the number five overall recruit in the ESPN 300, has committed to the Oklahoma Sooners on Tuesday. Brownlow Dendy, a six-foot-three, two hundred eighty-pound defensive end out of Lakeland, Florida High School, had narrowed his choices down to Oklahoma and Texas A&M. Oklahoma treated me like family, Brownlow Dendy said. When I first started talking to them, they were like, "We're not going to be talking football with you. We're just going to." get to know you as a person. That drew me towards them because at this time, my life is mainly about football because that's all anybody wants to talk about with me. So it drew me closer to Oklahoma. Brownlow said he didn't fully come to a final choice until last weekend and only told the coaches where he would be going on Monday. This was one of the hardest things to do because both schools showed me love and that's why the decision came so close to the commitment, Brownlow Dendy said. I've thought so much about both of these schools. They've treated me like family and I've got to know them, built some relationships, and I really enjoyed it. Brownlow Dendy said his conversation with the Sooners coach, Lincoln Riley, played a big part of the decision. Lincoln Riley, he called me, talked to me to see how I was doing. Brownlow Dendy said him as a head coach knowing that he has all those things to take care of being a head coach, and he still made time for me, meant a lot. I've been recruited by almost every college, and he's literally the only head coach that's been talking to me. He's a recruiting coordinator, basically. Another factor was defensive end coordinator Alex Grinch and the improvement that the Sooners have made on defense. Okay. Brown Lodendi said Grinch told him he'd fit in on the edge along the line, but could be a versatile player depending on the situation. 
Brownlow Dendy brings the Sooners total to nine ESPN 300 commitments, including defensive end Derek Moore, who is ranked number 21. So there you have some news right there on that situation with OU and the quarterbacks, as well as some recruiting news concerning the OU Sooners. So what I'm going to do right here now is I am going to take a break. And when I come back, we'll have some more. So stay tuned. It's the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. On a stormy Tuesday evening in the air capital city. Want to enhance your workout? Try the workout bands everyone is talking about. Three different resistance levels. Light, medium, and heavy. Only at www.kakeybums.com That's www.kakeybums.com www.kakeybums.com To enhance your workout, with the resistance bands that everyone is talking about. Hi, this is Tracy, host of the Moonstar Podcast, and you are listening to A-Train. Buckle up, baby, and enjoy the ride. Start a throw over the top from the pole. Off to the race. 
is on just their second snap of the day. And Coastal Carolina tight end Isaiah Likely goes 99 yards for a touchdown. Like the shot to clears offense, one of the most efficient in the country. We already see it. 99 yards to the house. That's likely 7 nothing. Yep, that was Grayson McCall finding Isaiah Lightning for a 99-yard Coastal Carolina touchdown in the game against Arkansas State as they defeated Arkansas State by the score of 52-20, to moving the record to 6-0, and dropping Arkansas State down to 1-5. and Furthermore, Coastal Carolina beats their record unblemished, coming in at number 15 with a 6-0 record. There were also some other ranked teams that played, and we moved to Friday as a team that is still trying to garner a little respect. Talking about those Bearcats against the Isles of Temple. You remember that Temple School? They were known for a basketball coach by the name of John Chaney, very decorated coach, very popular coach, a coach who was producing good athletes. Well, anyway, their football program is running into a team that is fighting for respectability and notoriety, known as the Cincinnati Bearcats. So just how did the Bearcats fare in that game? Well, let's see as Desmond Ryder goes to work right here. To the bottom of your screen. Tucker and Young to the left side of the formation. Ritter to the end zone. Man wide open on a slant route. It is Michael Young Jr. His first touchdown catch of the year. Transfer from Notre Dame. End zone for the first time this season. And you're going to see the Temple safety start to cheat towards Alec Pierce's side. There's number three, and then boom. It opens it up to the offense's left for the touchdown. To the bottom of So that was Desmond Ryder tossing his third touchdown pass of the night, giving the Bearcats at that point in juncture of the game a 45-3 lead. And they will go on to win that game by the score of 52-3. to That game was played on Friday night. There was also another game that was also played on a Friday night out there in the desert, so to speak. And this game will be known for an epic lateral interception for a touchdown as we get ready to cue that up. Yeah, he said I was done dealing with him. I don't want to face him anymore. Solely got in there, and this is juggled and eventually intercepted. Jack Jones had it first. DeAndre Pierce runs away with it, and Dad, there's your pick six. Stared it down, went to the slant anyway. Ball's bobbling, being bobbled around, and it finally lands into the hands of DeAndre Pierce. 
it almost looked to me on the replay, Andre, I like he, Jones knew what he was doing, tossing it to him. It, it looked that way initially, but I don't know if he ever really had. He, I think he did toss it to him. So that was a very unique Jack Jones to DeAndre Pierce lateral for a pick six. A very At Jiffy Loop, it's our job. Way to get a pick six. But be that as it may, it was a pick six. So Arizona State, those Sun Devils, come away with a 28-10 victory over the Stanford Cardinals. And going into this game, they were ranked number 22. I'm pretty sure the rankings have shuffled around because a lot happened on Saturday, which moves us to Saturday. As Texas A&M beats number one Alabama 41-38 to on last play field goal. As Texas A&M, now 4-2, knocked off previously unbeaten, now 5-1. Former number one Alabama by the score of 41 to 38, which opens the door for the second ranked team to move up. Bennett and the number two Georgia romp over number 18 Auburn 14 to 10. That's right, Justin Bennett and the number two Georgia defense were more than enough to take care of Auburn. He won that game 34 to 10. In a game that had some, well, How can you say it? Fans smelled a rat. That's how Kirk Ferentz put it. He said maybe the fans smelled a rat. Fans thought Penn State was players were faking injury. And this game pitted number four Penn State against number three Iowa. So how did things turn out in that game? Well, looks like we are not getting anything. So we'll just go ahead and just let you know that Penn State and then again, maybe we do. All right, here we go. And excuse us for a brief minute as we get this queued up. There we go. Now, we are in there. So here are the highlights, the key highlights of the game. Iowa wants the blitz. They do. Roberson delivers downfield, and that pass is intercepted by Matt Hankins. That will be the ball game. They'll get a celebration penalty that will be irrelevant. Instead of the 25, they'll go to the 40. Yeah, we had, we had the opportunity. Just could not make the play. Yep. We had opportunity along the sideline for a first down. Could not get that done. And you had to go for it here on fourth down. So... Give Iowa credit. They came up with some more big plays in, in the passing game. Iowa won. And uh, you heard 
the interception that sealed the game for the Iowa Hawkeyes as they come away with a 23-20 victory over Penn State. That's right, number three, Iowa over number four, Penn State. Iowa, quiet as it's kept. 6-0, unblemished. Penn State falls to 5-1, 2-1 in the conference. Could Iowa be the representative out of the Big Ten in the college football playoffs? There's still a lot of football left to be played. But now is when teams start jockeying for that position. And now we move. Today. Today we move and we move on. I almost said today. Look there. We move on because there were some other games of interest. Number six, an undefeated Oklahoma. In the, I'm going to call it what it used to be called. In the Red River, it was called Red River Rivalry. It was also Red River Shootout. But due to political correctness, they changed it to Red River Showdown. I call it a shootout. And once you hear the final score, you will understand why it was called that. It was a game of emotion and a game of comeback. Let's see who had the comeback in them. As we pull that up right now, OU Texas. Longhorn defense spread out. Brooks is the back. Williams has plenty of time. Steps up. Watches downfield for Mims. Diving catch. No signal. Touchdown. Are you kidding me? What a play. Game close to hitting that about. I mean, that's inbounds. That last closer. Look, that, that pylon cam might be the look of the year. Rattler rolls, fires, caught, conversion good, game time. Drake Stoops. And being able to adjust to the ball as a defender to this game is it. Chance to take the lead for the first time. Kennedy Brooks direct snap, breaking into the secondary, barrels into the end zone. It's OU on top. Thompson steps up, delivers for Worthy. Touchdown, Texas! Matched up against a freshman, McCutcheon across from him. Crossing route takes a lot of time. You need time to be able to throw this. It's man-to-man. Put it up in the air, out in front of him, and let him adjust to the ball. Direct snap, Brooks trying to make something happen. He breaks free, Kennedy Brooks says, forget the field goal, 
Win it with a touchdown. The Oklahoma receivers in tight ends doing a great job of sustaining blocks to open it up for Kennedy Brooks to not get five or ten yards, but to accelerate through that defense. So there you have those highlights, and there were plenty of them. There was a lot of fireworks, and understand now why I still called it the Red River Shootout, because the final score was 55 to 48. Now, in my earlier segment, as I was talking about the uh, quarterback battle brewing on the plains, Caleb Williams, Spencer Rattler, if you remember one thing that was mentioned in that report, Lincoln Raleigh said that regardless of what people say, that Spencer Rattler made one of the most important plays in that game, and that was on that two-point conversion, which you heard those highlights. However, since then, there's been a lot said, and there is speculation, which I've already alluded to that, and I will probably get back to that later in another report, that there's a possibility Spencer Rattler's options are wide open from the NFL to possibly another school. Word has it, wait till after the 10th of January. I'm going on record and say right now, he's not going to the NFL. There will be a TP case, and I'm not talking about the stuff you find hanging from your trees in your front yard, known as initiation or whatever they want to call it. It's called the transfer portal. And I'm pretty sure there's plenty of schools that would love to have them a Spencer Rattler. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, what I am going to do right here, I'm not even halfway through these scores. Well, let me give you a few more scores, then I will take a break. Uh, there was a game, or a glorified scrimmage, how do you want to call it, as the Ohio State Buckeyes deshelled the Maryland Terrapins by the score of 66-17. And don't Sleep on this next team. Finally coming up the rankings. Undefeated record going into their game against the Nebraska Cornhuskers. A game which went back and forth. Nebraska playing to win. What would happen in this game? We shall soon find out. Today, let's paint with New Bear Dynasty. We shall soon find out. As this game went back and forth. It was like a heavyweight fight. Nebraska came to play. Did they have enough gas in the tank? Who knows? Is Nebraska fit for the Big Ten? I still have my doubts and reservations about that. But anyway, there was a game played. And Michigan trying to keep their undefeated streak alive. First points of the game on a field goal by Jake Moody. And he gets it. 35-yard field goal good for the senior Moody's. Now 9 out of 10. First and goal from the three. Haskins, that's clearly a touchdown this time. First of the game. 
And that was a huge call against Dillman. It got Michigan down on the doorstep. 20-yard gain, 23 yards rushing now for the game for Adrian. Great fake, Austin Allen, wide open. He'll go all the way for a Nebraska touchdown. Trying to get back to a two-score lead. Haskins right up the middle for another touchdown. His second of the night, eighth of the season in this, their sixth game. Off the play fake, Martinez, the wheel route, Johnson, to whom they faked it. Touchdown, Nebraska! Cade McNamara said he has no trouble with this arrangement. That's great that the number two quarterback gets a lot of reps. Here's Corum. Corum with a burst of speed. Touchdown, Michigan. And the Wolverines go back on top. Again, no breeze from the left hash. Where he made his last one. Rock solid again. Michigan leads by three with 124 to go. Anthony Smith here with A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your conductor. Just want to let you know that this podcast is listener supported. That's right, driven by you, the listener, who wants to support. So click on that support button down there. You have three options. 
99 cents a month, $4.99 a month, or $9.99 a month will get your ad rent on this podcast. So click the support button. Your support will be greatly appreciated. Once again, Anthony Smith with the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Hey, what's happening? It's Rick Thomas with Running the Table, and you already know you are on board the A-Train. Hang on for the ride. Don't you just love it? 
What do you say we decided right here? Jefferson to the end zone, and we are an extra point away from overtime. Warren Thompson. And then he throws it to number seven, Knox. He scored it earlier. KJ chased. The Rebels hold on. Is there a flag down the rings? They are all over the field. We've got players everywhere. We got fireworks into the sky, and there's a flag down. They are setting off fireworks. And it's all good. Keep partying in Oxford. What a game. Ole Miss wins it. So, yeah, there you have it. After scoring with no time on the clock, Arkansas goes to two in the win, but gets stopped as Ole Miss steals the victory. But guess what? We have some more highlights. Snoop Connor, he's breaking free. Touchdown, Ole Miss. As you see Grant Morgan, that outstanding linebacker for Arkansas, number 31, he has to hesitate just for a half second. That hesitation allows the right guard, Ben Brown, to get up to the second level. And once he secures that second level, there's nobody between Snoop Connor and the goalpost. So, yes, yeah, Snoop Connor breaks through the line and takes off for a touchdown to put Ole Miss back in front. Anyway, the way that game turned out, defense was at a very premium, at the, at, to say the least, as Ole Miss bounces back and overcomes by one, beating Arkansas 52-51. Then there's... 14th ranked Notre Dame. And how would they fare as they too had to bounce back after a loss to Cincinnati? Not only did they have to bounce back to get that bad taste out of their mouth, it seemed like their theme this year has been Fighting back. So let's see how things shaped out with Notre Dame. And yeah, second in the ACC. And off for Blackshear. Bouncing outside. Now cuts back in. Still working. He dives into the end zone. Outstanding determination by Blackshear as he scores the touchdown. Quarterback's going to keep it, finding the end zone. He's trying. He gets there to the goal line and in for a touchdown. Notre Dame strikes. Buckner, what a huge lift for Notre Dame. Buckner has tools of his own, though. Looking to throw it. Fires for the end zone. Touchdown. That one caught by Kyron Williams. And Notre Dame scores again with less than a minute to play before halftime. Buckner wants to throw, and picked off, intercepted, 
Looking for the end zone. Touchdown, Waller. To the quarterback, he's just there. And then the caliber of player that Jermaine Waller is, he's not going to drop it like the one we saw. Burmeister flushed out of there. On the run, across the 20, cutting back inside, headed for the end zone, touchdown! Braxton Burmeister, a 19-yard touchdown scamper. In the shoulder killing him, gets drilled on a roughing the passer, and then able to fight through it. As he runs to the football, has to be helped off the field. Notre Dame knocking on the door he's going to throw it and right there at the goal line stop but did he get in he did touchdown notre dame with a touchdown avery davis from four yards don't takes the snap looking looking rolling looking throws it throws it up for grabs and a catch is made it's Austin in the end zone for two. A sensational catch by Kevin Austin. And here it comes. That kick is up. And that kick is good. Notre Dame in a clutch. The, the delay right before you end up kicking because... Final moments. They're going to try some trickery. Off to Gallo. And hurled to the deck. And that's it. Clock goes to zeros. And Notre Dame has won it 32-29. to Coming into one of the most hostile environments in all of college football. Yeah, after trailing by eight late in the fourth quarter, Notre Dame gets a touchdown, two-point conversion, and a field goal to beat Virginia Tech by the final score of 32-29. And that's pretty much been the theme throughout the year for Notre Dame as they have been basically in dog fights throughout the season. And it did catch up with them the previous week when they fell to Cincinnati. But they bounced back, fought back, and had a little bit of the luck of the Irish on their side as they went into a hostile environment. And knocked off the Hokies of Virginia Tech by the score of 32-29. to 29. Which now leads us to the next game. And quite as it's kept. There's a school known for basketball. However, they're making their mark on the football landscape. The colors they wear are blue, and they reside in the bluegrass state. The rumors, the rumblings, the pressure. He said, listen, I'm from this state. I know how important it is to win at LSU. Wide open. Jatan McClain. Kentucky piling it on. You're going to see a running back come across. And then you're going to see McLean sneak down on a wheel route. 
right past Jay Ward. He's got two things to look at right in front of him in Kentucky, piling it on. 35-7. And who would thought we would say Kentucky football? Can you say Kentucky football? Not basketball. Football. Look like they have elevated their football program because there are some schools that say wait till basketball season. Right about now, Kentucky's probably saying football season can wait. Second and goal. QB sneak. No signal and Levis stop. Short, I suppose. In touchdown, Kentucky. Jamone Clark pulls a Troy Palomalu going up and over the top, but just once again, great push. That entire drive, this Kentucky offensive line made a statement, an attitude, a nastiness to that drive. Is he in? And yes, Will Levis rushes for in for a one-yard touchdown. So just how did that game turn out? Well, the final results are in. And Kentucky remains unbeaten as they double up LSU. And is that school in some turmoil right now? Kentucky wins 42-21 over LSU. Another school you might want to keep your eye on is out of the ACC. No, it's not Clemson. It's not Miami. But it's a school that has put out numerous good basketball players. Tim Duncan, for one, Hall of Famer. Sure, first ballot Hall of Famer. I think he's already in. This school is making a name for itself on the gridiron now. Wake Forest. Wake Forest defeats Syracuse 40 to 37 in OT on a Perry TD. So Wake Forest remains undefeated, knocking off Syracuse once again, 40-37. to 37. In a game that wasn't nowhere close, came from the Music City, Mitchell stayed home because the offense definitely did not show up. As number 20th ranked Florida, the Gators chomped on Vanderbilt. In a game coming out of the AAC, the American Athletic Conference, yeah, you know that conference. They have a team that's up there in the rankings, in the top five rankings. We're not talking about Cincinnati, though. We're talking about 24th rank and probably moving up the rankings. SMU, the Pony Express. Here, as you remember, Eric Dickerson. Anyway, SMU remains undefeated, knocking off Navy 31-24. to The top passer in that game, Tanner Mordecai, SMU, 30 of 40 passes, 324 yards and two TDs. Top rusher in the game, Tay Levate from Navy, 
24 carries, 53 yards. And the top receiver, Reggie Roberson Jr., SMU, five receptions, 100 yards, along with one TD. Then there was New Mexico going up against 25th ranked and undefeated San Diego State. 25 San Diego State starts fast, beats New Mexico 31-7. Greg Bell rushed for 111 yards and a touchdown. As once again, the 25th ranked San Diego State Aztec knocks off New Mexico Lobos by the score of 31-7. And that is your scoring recap. And now we go to the rankings that we know for a fact have been shuffled. So let's go through the rankings and see who has risen and who has dropped. We will take a, take a look at the AP Top 25 and the AFCA Coaches Poll. So in the number one spot, in the AP, Georgia, followed by Iowa at number two. Number three, gaining some respectability, Cincinnati. Number four, Oklahoma. Number five, thanks to their loss, Alabama. Number six, Ohio State. Number seven, Penn State, moving up one. Number eight, Michigan, moving down a spot. Number nine, Oregon. Moving up one spot to number 10, Michigan State. Moving up a whopping five spots to the 11 ranking, those Kentucky Wildcats. Gotta keep an eye on them. Your fans are already chanting, we want Bama. We want Bama. All I have to say to that is, be careful what you wish. Be careful what you ask for. You just might get it. Coming in at number 12, undefeated still. Holding steady. Oklahoma State moving up four spots, knocking off the Arkansas Razorbacks, number 13, Ole Miss, number 14, Notre Dame, number 15, Coastal Carolina, number 16, moving up three spots, Wake Forest. After the loss, now they have dropped down to number 17. Those pesky little Razorbacks from Arkansas. They dropped four spots. Number 18, moving up four spots. Arizona State, coming in with the 5-1 record. Their coach, Herm Edwards. Can you just hear it right now? You play to win the game. Dropping nine spots to the number 19 position. Big 12 bound. BYU. Coming in at number 20, Florida, number 21, Texas A&M, number 22, moving up one spot, NC State, number 23, moving up one spot. San Diego State, and dropping four spots to number 25th position. How about those Longhorns from Texas. Now we take you to the AFCA coaches poll. And there will be some slight variances and differences. 
Georgia come in number one. Number two, Iowa. Number three, Oklahoma. Number four, Cincinnati. Number five is Alabama. Number six, Ohio State. Number seven, Michigan. Number eight, Penn State. Nine, Michigan State. Ten, Oregon. Eleven, UK, which is known as Kentucky. Twelve, Oklahoma State. Number 13, Notre Dame. Number 14, Ole Miss. Number 15, Coastal Carolina. Number 12, Oklahoma State, number 13, Notre Dame, number 14, Ole Miss, number 15, Coastal Carolina, 16, Wake Forest, number 17, Florida, number 18, Texas A&M, number 19, Arkansas, number 20, BYU, number 21, NC State, number 22, Arizona State, 23, SMU, number 24, San Diego State, number 25, Roaring Tigers from right, that side. So, what I'm going to do here, I'm going to take a break. Yes, and sometimes I just need a break. And when I come back, I will have some more for you. So stay tuned. A Train Sports Talk Podcast. Want to enhance your workout? Try the workout bands everyone is talking about. Three different resistance levels. Light, medium, and heavy. Only at www.cakeybums.com That's www.c-a-k-e-y-b-u-m-s.com www.cakeybums.com To enhance your workout, with the resistance bands that everyone is talking about. Hi, this is Tracy, host of the Moonstar Podcast, and you are listening to A-Train. Buckle up, baby, and enjoy the ride. Woo! Thank mm-hmm. you. 
some people that have their midnight madness or their madness or whatever you want to call it. What I want to do is I want to just give you a little bit of taste of college basketball. Top 50 prospect, Jet Howard, because Mitz will play for Dad Juwan Howard with Michigan Wolverine. So let me go ahead and give you this story as we get ready to pull this train into the station. Just a little bit to get your basketball appetite wet, a little bit, so to speak. Jet Howard plans to play for his father, announcing Wednesday he is committing to Juwan Howard and the Michigan Wolverine. While Michigan was always perceived as the favorite in Howard's recruitment, the top 50 prospects also visited NC State, Tennessee, and Georgetown. It was really hard, harder than most people think, Howard told ESPN. It took visits and really liked the places and coaches. As of a few days ago, I was unsure. My mom and aunt played a big role as they came on the visit. They helped put things into perspective. Howard said his mother, Jenny, and aunt didn't try to convince him to play at Michigan. Do what's best for you, he says their advice. They never leaned either way. They were so impressed by the other coaches and programs. I was too. Ron Howard wanted his son to go through the recruitment process like any other highly rated prospect. My mom told me, my dad told her the same thing that he was telling me. He told me how much he believes in me as a player, that he will put me in the best position to succeed, Jed Howard said. What my dad said that really got my attention was, we need you from day one. I know your game better than anyone else. If you were not my son, I would still recruit you. And, of course, I trusted him the most. He has developed me my whole life. Opportunities like this do not come around often. Howard finally made his college decision during a car ride with his mother recently. We had a lot, we had a lot of little conversations here and there, but we did not have family sit down. My mom was driving me to the airport, and I just came out and said, I am going to Michigan, and I'm going to play for your husband, he said. Then I called my dad and told him. He started screaming, let's do it. I would have you supported. I would have, I would have supported you anywhere. Thanks for believing in our staff, and we need you. It sounds like a coach. But I knew it was my dad. A six foot seven forward who plays at IMG Academy, Florida. Howard is ranked number 41 in the ESPN 100 for 2022. In 12 games with the Nitro Dots Elite in the Nike EYBL program in July, Howard averaged 11.8 points, 4.8 rebounds, and 2.9 assists. Howard has deep shooting range with excellent shot mechanics, preparation, and balance. He has grown a few inches, which makes it easier for him to see the rim and harder for defenders to bother his shot. His jumper sets up his drive game, and his step-back jumper is one of his most effective shots. He plays with a scoring confidence that translates to his production. Howard's playmaking abilities are sometimes overlooked because of his shot-making talent. 
He displays the vision to see the entire court when finding teammates. He needs to continue to shape his frame and become a better ball handler, especially going against pressure and driving left. Howard is the third commitment for Michigan 2022. Joining fellow ESPN 100 prospects Harris Reed and Doug McDaniel. The Wolverines are coming off the number one ranked recruiting class in 2021. Also in some other news, Shaden Sharp, the nation's number one college basketball recruit, is considering early enrollment at Kentucky, sources say. Shaden Sharp, the nation's number one college basketball recruit, is considering enrolling at Kentucky for the spring semester, sources told ESPN. No decision has been made yet, sources told ESPN, and Sharp doesn't plan on playing in games this season, even if he does enroll early. He would redshirt and practice with the team before playing during the 2022-23 season. It's a path similar to Hamadou Diallo, who enrolled at Kentucky in January 2017 before sitting out the rest of the season and playing in 2017-18. Sharp committed to Kentucky in early September, choosing the Wildcats over lists that included Arizona, Kansas, Oklahoma State, and the G League Ignite. It was a tough decision, but I felt they had a clear plan for me as I worked to play at the highest level, Sharp told ESPN at the time. Coach Cal took the time to understand who I was as a person and how to get the best out of me. Kentucky felt the most like home to me. I get the sense that I can grow to reach my potential on and off the court at Kentucky, given the platform, atmosphere, and legacy. A 6'5 shooting guard from Canada who attends Dream City Christian in Arizona, Sharp vaulted to the number one spot in the 2022 class following a dominant summer. He led the Nike EYBL circuit in scoring averaging 22.6 points. 5.8 rebounds and 2.7 assists in 12 games with the You Played Canada program. Sharp shot 55.6% from inside the arc and 36.1% from three-point range, making 2.5 three-pointers per game. Sharp is currently the centerpiece to Kentucky's number two ranked recruiting class with fellow five stars Chris Livingston and Sky Clark, also committed for the 2022-23 season. There you have a little bit of college news to whet your college basketball appetite. Well, I want to say that I've enjoyed myself. Hope you have also enjoyed this podcast as well. Sorry about some of the technical difficulties that happened along the way. Those things happen sometimes. Please leave me your feedback. I would love to hear your feedback. I love to interact with people. I will be posing a poll question. And let me just go ahead and give you the heads up on what that poll question is. Will Spencer Rattler enter transfer portal or will he come back to OU? Basically, the main just that question is Will Spencer Rattler enter the transfer portal? Because there's some more news coming out about that. 
Hey, it's A Train Sports Talk Podcast. Get ready to pull this train into the station. Hope you've enjoyed yourself. Wish you love to bring the people. A Train.